With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We could be less than 24 hours away from a new champion. For the first time in two years. Tonight was a rare taped episode of SmackDown. It's kind of funny. Usually, SmackDown is live and Rampage is taped. Tonight, it happens to be the inverse. SmackDown was taped last week. They had to travel to Cardiff for tomorrow's show, so they taped two episodes last Friday. And Rampage is actually live tonight, but I thought, you know what? We'll we'll go live. We'll talk about SmackDown tonight, and then we'll do Clash at the Castle predictions. We'll, we'll combine the two. We'll leave out Rampage for this week, at least. And I thought, on the whole, it was a decent go-home show. I thought on the whole, tonight's show, nothing great, but on the whole, I thought it was pretty decent. This is your WWE SmackDown review for Friday, September 2nd, 2022, the go-home episode to Clash at the Castle. I am the Solemn Monster. Thank you so much for choosing me for your SmackDown coverage tonight and hanging out with me on a Friday night. We are going to be doing predictions later on for the pay-per-view. I'm going to run through the entire card. And if you want to submit your own predictions, Super Chats are open. I know we have a few that have already come in. And uh, I want to hear from you guys. Who do you think is going to win? Are they finally going to pull the trigger and take the championship off of Roman Reigns? I want to hear those predictions, those theories. Pun intended. Shout out to Mark. Mark W. just became a Sound Off superstar. We've got a lot of new channel members here in the last few days, so welcome to Mark. Thank you, sir. And uh, hit that subscribe button, of course, if you are not already subscribed. Boom! There it is right there. The goal tonight on the likes, by the way, uh, which for tonight might be a little ambitious, but 600 likes. If we can hit 600 and make that our goal before we are out of here live tonight, we will do be the booker. That is going to be entirely up to you guys. But that is the goal. 600. Let's make it happen. I do believe that over on Rampage, uh, obviously I'm not watching it right now, but I, I do believe the Dark Order went over. I mean, it's pretty predictable that it was going to be the Dark Order taking on Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in the finals of the Trios Championship Tournament at All Out this Sunday. Seemed pretty obvious that was what once Hangman Page was announced as the sub for the injured Preston Vance, and Evil Uno was taken out. It seemed pretty clear where this was headed, so it's a little uh, Rampage update for you there. So let's get into this uh, SmackDown show, which was taped last week, but they taped a lot of stuff. And one of the best things about the show tonight was actually this opener here. The show opened with a Viking rules match between the New Day and the Viking Raiders. Viking rules means that there are no rules. It is false count anywhere, which I guess technically is a rule, so they lied to us. That's, that's the one rule for the match. Falls count anywhere in the building. And they actually had a pretty cool setup for this. You know, this reminded me of when they set the ringside area up for those holiday shows, Halloween, Christmas. They decorated it with all sorts of uh, Viking-related uh, items. But what they did is, they made the ring out to look like a Viking longship. 
And so they had this, uh, and I had a look. I couldn't for the life of me remember what they call the, I know the body of the ship is the hull, but I couldn't remember what they called the front of it. Apparently the, the front part of a, a Viking longship is called the prow. And so they had the prow uh, out there. It was made out as a dragon's head. There's a dragon's head uh, on the front of it. Was propped up against the ring, so it looked like the ring was the actual, you know, the ring itself was the body of the ship. You can visualize this. And they threw up uh, an ocean scene on the LED wall throughout the entire match. Before the match, the cameraman was bobbing up and down and weaving back and forth while they showed a shot. You saw the ocean on the LED thing. They wanted to make it you know, seem like you were sailing on the high sea. So I hope nobody watching SmackDown tonight gets seasick. If you do, well, if you haven't watched the show yet, take a Dramamine and you'll be okay. So they had flags all around ringside. And by the way, the the front part of the uh, Viking ship with the dragon head, I guess it was made out of cedar, that's what they said. So they had flags all around ringside. Shields were on the apron of the ring for them to take and use as weapons if they so chose. Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston came out dressed like Thor and Loki. And uh, Kingston and Woods used the shields as weapons. Kingston placed one in front of Eric, and Woods drop-kicked it. Kingston climbed onto the ringside barricade. He frog-splashed Ivar. Kingston and Woods, they both covered Ivar. He kicked out, heading into a break. So coming out of the break, Ivar splashed Woods against the ringside barricade. Kofi was working over Eric with a kendo stick. And Eric put down Kofi with this giant uranage slam right in the middle of the ring. Outside the ring later on, Kofi pulled out a a unicorn horn sledgehammer, which just so happened to be sitting underneath the ring. Pulled it out, hit Eric with it, and covered him for an earfall. Back inside a few minutes later, Ivar belly flopped on a top rope moonsault. Kofi moved out of the way. And that set up the diving elbow off the top. Springboard elbow from Xavier Woods that would have won it, but Eric kicked him in the head to break up the fall. Kofi and Woods dove off the front part of the dragon ship onto both Vikings who were out on the floor. There were two tables that were stacked up, one on top of the other outside the ring from earlier in the match. This is going to play into the finish here. And after taking out Kofi with one of the shields in midair, which actually made me laugh, because Kofi came off the top rope, and as he's coming down, they just smashed him right in the the head with the shield. So that took out Kofi. And the Vikings had Woods all by himself. So from the top part of the Viking ship, pirate ship, whatever you want to call it, they gave him a double powerbomb through both tables. They call that the Ragnarok, and they pinned him on the floor to win the match because it is, in fact, false count anywhere. Uh, If Vince McMahon was booking this show, he would have totally booked the New Day to win. This would have been the end of the Viking Raiders push. He would have been bored with them, right? He got a month, month and a half out of the new and improved Viking Raiders. What were they calling them? The new and vicious Viking Raiders? This would have been it right here. New Day would have gone over with no plans for who they're going to feud with next, or what what the next team is that they're going to build up. Guarantee you, guarantee you, like I know my own name, if Vince McMahon was booking this show still, New Day would have gone over here. So it was actually a nice uh, nice relief 
to see the Vikings pick up the win. And what it did is it established them as a legitimate threat and potential future challenger for the tag team championship. It made sense. What do you know? It actually made sense. And that really, I mean, this should have been the goal this this entire time would be to set them up as a potential future contender for the tag team title. So I think they accomplished that goal. And honestly, this was the biggest win for the Viking Raiders since they were initially called up to the main roster. This right here was their biggest match, their biggest win. I thought it was a fun opener. I enjoyed this. So they aired a video package that they broke up into uh, multiple parts throughout the entire show, covering the two-year championship run that Roman Reigns has had. And they had Paul Heyman do the narration for this. I guess Paul Heyman, he was too injured to physically be back on the show. But I guess his voice is okay. They used him a few weeks ago to do the voiceover for the Heat Wave show, the NXT show. Paul Heyman, maybe this is his new career. He's going to get into a, a career doing voiceover work. So he voiced these uh, parts over. He said Reigns defended his title over 23 times in the last two years against 14 world-class superstars. 16 times he has main-evented the biggest shows of the year in those two years against names like Edge, Big E, Goldberg, John Cena, and Brock Lesnar. 16 times he has emerged victorious. And other names as well. They name-dropped Kevin Owens and Edge and Finn Balor and Rey Mysterio and Matt Riddle. 733 days as the Universal Champion. We need to make that distinction. He has not been the WWE Champion for 733 days. He has been the Universal Champion for 733 days. But it's almost like they're, they're talking about these titles like they're they're fused together, which I guess they are. They're unified. Which is why all these people coming up with these theories about how, well, you know, maybe if if Austin Theory cashes in at Clash of the Castle, it'll just be for one title. Yeah, I mean, they could come up with some kind of excuse that, that, you know, makes the argument that the contract is only for one title, even though there's never been anything said about that before. But the, the problem is, Roman Reigns has never defended the championship individually. Not that he's defended it that many times since WrestleMania, but when he has, it's a unified title. He's not defended the Universal title, but not the WWE title. He has not defended the WWE title, but not the Universal title. And the match at Clash of the Castle is billed as a WWE Universal Undisputed Championship match. So they can come up with whatever excuse they want to come up with, but... No matter, almost no matter what they do in that scenario, it's going to be a bit of a stretch. So, 733 days as the Universal Champion. In the locker room, Sami Zayn was wearing a red and black suit, which he claimed had a tribal pattern on it. He was trying to ask, you know, Jey Uso, when the Usos walked in, he goes, don't you think this is tribal? And they're like, no, it's not. He was trying to point to his tattoo. Jay said, don't touch me. So he was preparing for his role as the master of ceremonies for the big Roman Reigns celebration here later on at the end of the night. Usos came in. Sammy ran down some of the things he had planned. He was going to have photos blown up of all the great Roman Reigns moments on easels behind them in the ring. Jimmy and Jay, they both thought that the wise man doesn't feel right that the wise man is not here. He should be here. 
And Sammy said that he agreed with them, but he's still in traction, so there's nothing that can be done. Jey Uso was annoyed about Sammy not helping him against Kevin Owens on Monday. Sammy said, look, I'm doing my best. And he looked over at Jimmy and he said, just tell him, I'm doing my best. And the Usos walked off and Sammy went back to planning his big celebration. Pretty much anything that Sami Zayn is in is going to be gold. Tonight was actually, it was a bit more tame. There was no there was no golden segment on the show tonight like what we've seen with him and Roman in recent weeks, but even what he did on the show tonight, I thought was entertaining. Kayla Braxton stood on the uh she well, she was in the back. She was on that platform, that that set that they have. And she's in the back and she interviews Shayna Baszler, the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship, who said that she would be the champion in less than twenty four hours. And she said that she would tear Liv Morgan limb from limb until she cries. And Liv Morgan showed up. And she stared down Shayna face to face, and she told her that she will not tap out no matter what Baszler does to her. Morgan told Baszler that she would rip her arm off. And Baszler told her she laughed, of course, I mean, so would I. She laughed and told her that she would like to see her try. And Morgan said, watch me. Right, that's her big uh, catchphrase. Watch me. We'll see. She's the underdog. Pretty much every championship match that Liv Morgan is going to be in, she is going to be the underdog. The only question is, how many more of these does she have? Does she just have the one, or is she going to continue on beyond tomorrow? Karrion Cross was making his in-ring SmackDown debut tonight. Out with Scarlett. Taking on Drew Gulak. There was no shitty mask. There were no suspenders. They gave him back his NXT entrance. The music, the presentation, Scarlett was with him. Scarlett came to the ring. She was lip-syncing to her song. She gets into the ring. She ducks down. There's Cross. He's pounded his chest, just like they did in NXT. I think uh, what's throwing me off about him, honestly, is the hair. I actually think, think he looked more menacing when he was bald. So Cross let Gulak chop him and hit him. He totally no-sold it. Cross rocked him with a boot to the face, dumped Gulak on the back of his head with the Doomsday Saito, locked on the Cross jacket submission, and he got the tap out for the win. He would not let go of the hold. He would not let go of the choke until Gulak went out, so he kept it on for 10 seconds more. Then finally he released the hold. Total dominance. This right here, what we had on this SmackDown show tonight was exactly what his Monday Night Raw debut should have been. When he debuted against Jeff Hardy, and it could have been against anybody, it didn't have to be against an established name. But frankly, I'm not sure why they feel the need to debut somebody and always put them in the ring with an already established name. It's okay to put them in the ring with a job guy and have him just tear the guy apart and build him up that way. But this right here, what we got on this show, is exactly what his Monday Night Raw should have, debut should have been. Scarlet, the entrance, the presentation, the dominance, it was quick. Oh, I mean, I guess his debut on Raw was quick, too. It was a quick end to his career, is what it was. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This is not complicated stuff. When this was over, I looked at this and I go, was that so hard? Seemed pretty simple to me. Not much to this. When it was over... After they showed the replay, Drew Gulak was tied up in the ropes. He was sitting on the apron, facing outward. His arms were tied up in the ropes. And then you saw him in the background 
as Cross and Scarlet walked off down the aisle. I like that visual of him just kind of hanging out there in the background. It looked like a scarecrow in the background. So not much to it. It was brief, but it was exactly what it needed to be. If only they would have done this earlier. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows where Carrie and Cross would be right now? Moo. Oh, my God. Look who it is. Holy shit. It is Bulu Fatulu. Oh, Bulu. Moo. I have not heard from Bulu. And I was actually worried about Bulu. Bulu, you have no idea how many fans you have in the chat. Periodically, over these last few months, I've had different people ask me, what happened to Bulu? Is he okay? I haven't heard from him. He hasn't been hanging out in the chat. Where's he been? And I said, I don't know. I hope everything is okay. And then Bulu pops up with a $100 Super Chat bomb here on a Friday night. Let's read what he said. Let's read what Bulu said. What's up, Solomonster? As you know, I lost my dad in December to cancer. Now I just lost my mother in July. Oh, my God. That's horrible. It's been hard, but I'm okay. Just know that I will always listen and subscribe to you no matter what. I love Solomonster and the chat. Well, Bulu, I don't know what to say. I, unfortunately, I know that feeling, uh, and it sucks, and I'm very sorry to hear that. Uh, I'm glad that you're okay. Let me say that. Again, I had no, I had no idea what was going on. You, you kind of disappeared. I got worried, so very sorry to hear about that, but I'm also very uh, glad that you are uh, doing okay. And I know I speak for everybody in the chat. We are all here for you. We are all here for you. We're... we're here to chat if you want to chat, and uh, I hope you are doing okay. But I'm very sorry, very sorry to hear about that. Ronda Rousey was out to the ring next for her final judgment after being arrested the last time we saw her. She was taken away in handcuffs. She had a letter in her hand from the board of directors. She wanted Adam Pierce to come down to the ring so that. He could read the letter out loud to everybody. And so here comes Adam Pierce. He gets into the ring and he reads the letter and the letter reads as follows. I transcribed it really quickly as he was reading it. it. said, over the past several weeks, Ronda Rousey has engaged in behavior that has been completely unprofessional. However, her behavior has never approached the level of criminal. Her arrest two weeks ago was completely unwarranted. Ronda Rousey has paid her, sounds like a Velveteen Dream speech, like his lawyer speaking. Ronda Rousey has paid her fines in full, and and while she will remain on probation, as of today, her suspension is over, and she will resume in-ring competition immediately. And Ronda was very happy about this. She had a big smile on her face. She was laughing. Adam Pierce was not so amused by this. He thought that it was an absurd decision given her actions in recent weeks. He said, you know, you attacked a referee and you attacked numerous security people. He says if it was his decision to make, he would not have suspended her. He would have fired her. All of a sudden, Adam Pierce grew a set of balls. His balls dropped. Look at this. He's standing up to Shayna Bates or standing up to Ronda Rousey. I mixed the two of them up. Standing up to Ronda Rousey. Ronda told him that he could kiss her ass and she went to go walk off and Pierce stopped her and he reminded us of what he has done for both Raw and Smackdown and I've had to run both shows two shows two different nights 
two different networks. And he's going on and on about his responsibilities and how hard it's been and how he's been stuck babysitting people like Rhonda who only, all they do is give him grief. He said he's damn proud of his job, but he's not proud of having to work with people like Rhonda. He says, I don't have a problem with the board of directors or their ruling. I've got a problem with you. He says, Rhonda struts around like she owns the place, doesn't care about anybody else, and God forbid things don't go her way. He called Rhonda the single biggest bitch that he has ever met. And as soon as he said that line, I all I could think of is how can he say that when he spent over a year working alongside Sonia Deville? That is a lie. What he said here is not true. So Rhonda got the angry eyes, and all of a sudden Pierce starts to backtrack. He starts to apologize. I'm under a lot of stress. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Rhonda didn't care. She put him in an arm bar, took him down to the mat. So she assaulted another official. See, Ronda Rousey, she may be, she may think that she's tough. She may walk out there and she's breaking people's arms and everything. She's not a very smart person, though, because she was arrested. She has this letter from the, from the board saying that while she has been unprofessional, she's on probation, we're, we're going to allow her to come back and wrestle again. And the first fucking thing that she does is she assaults basically the de facto general manager on this show. The first thing that she does while on probation, is she tries to break Adam Pierce's arm. So, logically, I don't see how that wouldn't get her suspended all over again. Unless the board is full of shit. Maybe they could launch an investigation into her when they're done investigating Vince McMahon. And Johnny Hotpants. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Not for nothing, you know, Adam Pierce. I thought he was spitting fire on the mic there. Like, the way he was delivering everything and, and going through his responsibility. Like, he was having a nervous breakdown. I thought he did a good job. I thought he was actually uh, really good on the mic. He did at one point during his... Uh, promo told the crowd to shut up he was trying to talk and he was very frustrated and he told the crowd to shut up so this was the first sign of a heel turn if if that's what this is the first sign of a heel turn for him it looks like we've got ourselves another uh heel authority figure on the show again but stone cold ronda rousey is getting good reactions so far because this is the way that she should be used you know she should keep her talking to a minimum she should go out there, mean mug the camera, beat people up. Basically, she's walking around with an I don't give a fuck attitude. So it would be hard for her not to get over doing that. She's not coming out 
and smiling as much as she used to and doing, you know, and, and, and cutting these long, kind of boring, terrible promos. She's going out there and she's she's basically saying, I don't give a fuck. And that will get over. And so far it seems to be working. And it's not just, and this was actually a taped show. So they, believe me, they could have gone overboard on the piping in of the crowd cheers and everything. I'm not saying they didn't do any piping in of, of crowd noise. But you can see in the background, like the people were were applauding, they were cheering for her, they were into what she was doing here in the segment. So what they're doing, the approach they're taking with her so far seems to be working. In the back, Sami Zayn got a uh, flower delivery for Roman Reigns. Uh, there were black roses, and they came with a message that just read, "TikTok." And he decided against giving Roman the flowers; he set them aside. We had Hit Row taking on the Maximum Male Models. This was our first chance to see Masse and Mansois in the ring as a team. We had uh, They had a runway entrance. Max Dupree, Maxine Dupree, they were both out there. Came out with them as well. We had Adonis and Mansour. They started us off. Ashanti the Adonis. And Mansoor started out the match. Mansoor hit uh, an arm drag. He posed. Ankle pick from Mansoor, but he ran into a drop kick. Mace tried a cheap shot. Top Dalla took him out. And the models uh, headed out of the ring to recover. They, they needed to collect themselves. All of a sudden, Los Lotharios comes out. No reason. But Maxine is... You know, she 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 likes these two, right? She's very impressed by them. Every time we see them on screen with her, she, she seems smitten with the Latin lovers. So, of course, Max doesn't like this very much. The Los Lotharios show up. They start jawing with uh, Hit Row. That distraction allows Mansoor to jump uh, Ashanti from behind, tags in Mace. Mace lays in some body shots in the corner, tags Mansoor back in. Eventually, though, Ashanti gets the tag to Tabdala, hits a corner avalanche, Tags in Mansoor, or uh, rather tags in Adonis. They hit the heavy hitter, which is their big finish, and that's it. That's all she wrote. Uh, This wasn't good. This was not a good match. Uh, And the crowd didn't care either. Frankly, even if the crowd did care, this was not a good match. But what made it worse is they didn't give a shit. And really, why should they? I mean, obviously, these are mid-card acts that are really not over yet. Uh, But, you know, what do you expect? What do you expect? And I don't want to hear like, well, you know, they taped two shows in one night. So the crowd was tired. Yes, they did tape two shows in one night. But the crowd seemed to be plenty up for the opener. They were plenty up for the Ronda Rousey segment. They were up for other segments on the show. At least somewhat. This was the one where it just, it it died a death. And nobody really uh, gave two shits about this. But I can't even really blame the fans. I mean, what would they be reacting to? I thought Top Dollar looked, uh, him in particular, but the offense in this match didn't look good. It looked very weak, very soft. And then you have a comedy act in the male models. So what exactly are the fans supposed to be cheering for here or getting excited about? Los Lotharios climbed into the ring to fight Hit Row. The models joined in. Hit Row was getting stomped on until the Street Profits ran out to make the save. My crystal ball is telling me. What do I I'm getting these, uh, my spidey senses are tingling. They're telling me that we're going to get an eight-man tag team match at some point in the next few weeks. 
We got a recap of Ricochet beating Happy Corbin last week. Corbin's in the back now with Kayla Braxton. And he doesn't want to talk about Ricochet winning last week. He wants to look forward. He doesn't want to look backward. He doesn't want to look backward like when he makes an ass out of himself on Twitter. He wants to look straight ahead. That's what he wants to look towards. He knows he's on a streak of bad luck, but it's time to double down and break that streak. He's going to go to the ring, he says, and issue an open challenge to anyone in the back who wants to come out and accept his challenge. The person who accepted his challenge was Shinsuke Nakamura. So we had a match. Uh, This also wasn't good, to be honest with you. (laughs) This was not good either. Uh, But that's more to do with the fact that this went two minutes. They gave these guys two minutes. Nakamura set up for the Kinshasa. Corbin countered into a deep six for two. We got a Corbin sucks chant that broke out, which distracted him. He wasn't happy with that. Uh, He tried to do the, you know, the the ring around the post spot that he does before he comes back into the ring to go for the clothesline. Nakamura, though, was waiting for him. He hit the Kinshasa and he pinned him. Michael Cole said it seemed like Corbin had hit rock bottom. So they're 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 redoing the same angle they did with him before. It looked like where you know he's hit rock bottom. He's losing all of his matches, and and maybe you know he's on the verge of becoming bum ass Corbin again. But later on in the back, they showed him walking into the parking lot area, and all of a sudden, a limousine pulls up, and it's got giant horns on the front of it. it looks an awful lot like JBL's old. And it pulls up alongside Corbin. Person rolls down the window. And we hear a very familiar voice. We never actually saw JBL because they probably just dubbed his voice in there. I don't think he was actually there. But the person rolls down the window. It's very clearly JBL. We can hear his voice. And he looks at Corbin. He goes, what happened to you? And then he tells him, get in. Corbin climbs into the limo and the limo drives away. So we will see where this story leads us, but the idea of JBL and Baron Corbin on my TV screen sounds awful. I will keep an open mind. Maybe it'll end up being entertaining, but that just sounds awful to me. I'm sorry. I I don't know about you, but I am not clamoring for a JBL return to television. We'll see. I'll keep an open mind. We'll we'll, we'll see what... uh... Wasn't it JBL's limo that time on Raw? That John Cena in Crime Time sprayed uh, JBL as poopy. It was on the limo, right? One of the true low points of Monday Night Raw in the last... It might be more than a decade. My God, I don't even know. Maybe it's 12 years, 13 years, however long it is. Truly one of the lowest moments of Monday Night Raw. JBL is poopy. Compare Compare that to the segment we got on Monday with Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. Michael Cole recapped the win on Raw Monday night for Raquel Rodriguez and Io Sky winning the women's tag team titles over Dakota Kai. And, uh, well, Raquel and Aaliyah beat Io Sky and Dakota Kai for the tag team titles. Uh, in case you were wondering, because I know people were going crazy about this after the match on Monday, no mention of the illegal woman being pinned in that match. No mention of Aaliyah pinning Dakota when I believe Io was the legal woman. So doesn't mean that they won't turn it into an angle. I still think they probably will, which, you know, will be an easy rematch for them to get. And then maybe they'll take the tag titles in the rematch. But uh, no mention of it here in the segment by Cole. We had Butch taking on 
Ludwig Kaiser. This, this was much better. This was an improvement over the last two matches. Now we're going here. Now we're getting going. Butch was out there dressed like Pete Dunne. He's looking a lot more like the Bruiserweight now instead of the fucking Paperboy from the 1920s. This is progress. Not the promotion. This is literal progress that we are now seeing with Pete Dunne. Did Pete Dunne ever wrestle for progress, by the way? Was it progress that he wrestled? I can't even remember where it was. It might have been progress. Unless I'm thinking of the wrong uh, British promotion. Remember the whole, like, this is progress? I think I actually have a progress shirt. I have, uh, it's a white progress uh, logo shirt that I have. Somewhere in my drawer. I got it in one of those, remember, I used to do the unboxings for a pro wrestling crate. And in one of those crates, there was a this is progress t-shirt. So he's looking more like the bruiser weight. He has grown his hair out to a magnificent length. His hair is basically down past his ass. I don't know if it was always that long and I just never noticed it, but holy shit. Holy shit. He could put he could he could put it like in a in a braid like Bianca Belair does. I think Pete Dunn should have a Bianca braid. If he wants to, he certainly has plenty of hair to do it. But uh with his singlet and the hair down, uh instead of again dressing like the paper boy, he really does look like a totally different person. So Butch targeted the fingers of Kaiser, tried the uh, the joint manipulation. Cole said that it looked like the butch of the past. No, Michael, there is no such thing as the butch of the past. You can call him by his actual name. There was no butch in NXT. I don't want to hear, though, it's the butch of old. Yes, it's called Pete Dunne. You know what? I wouldn't even mind it if they used butch as a nickname for Pete Dunne. That would be okay. But at least he looks more like an actual person now and not a cartoon character. So Kaiser came back. He dove from the second rope into an uppercut from Butch. Kaiser rolled to the floor. Kaiser roll. (laughs) Oh, I just popped myself. Oh, I just popped myself. Kaiser roll. I fucking love it. I'm going to take a drink to that. (laughs) You know, it's the little thing sometimes. It really is. Sometimes it's the little things that amuse me the most. <laughs> oh, man. Kaiser rolled to the floor. Uh, Butch dove at him from the ring apron, and he was met with a midair uppercut of his own. So Kaiser dropkicked Butch while he was tied up in the ropes. Butch came back with a step up in Zaguri, but Kaiser followed him as he ran the ropes and hit him with an uppercut. Kaiser grabbed Butch, who grabbed Kaiser's head. (laughs) Sean, I promise you, I promise you, Sean, I was not. I was not. I didn't have that in my back pocket. I was not waiting for the rim shot. It's not like I had that already programmed in here. I really, seriously, I did not. It just, it sort of just happened, you know? Sometimes these things just come together in a perfect way. So he grabbed Kaiser's hand and he broke the fingers. He did the finger spot that we have seen in so many, the finger break spot in so many Pete Dunne matches before. Hits the bitter end and he gets the pin. After the match, Gunther entered the ring and removed his jacket. Sheamus got into the ring as well. He did the same. Took down his suspenders. He was ready to throw down. Kaiser got in front of Gunther, wouldn't let him get physical, tried to back him down. 
Eventually, he agreed to back down without any physicality. But we got a little preview. We almost got a little preview here of what we're going to get at Clash at the Castle. Uh, Good stuff from these two. This was the second best thing, the second best match on the entire show after the opener. But, you know, I got to say, seeing them in there like that, uh, seeing them in there like that at the end, face-to-face, it really was very noticeable. Sheamus looked bigger than Walter, which would not have been the case even just a couple of years ago, or even a year ago. And it just looked like maybe it was the way they were positioned, but Sheamus just looked so much bigger than him. I mean, he really, I knew that he dropped a lot of weight. He really did. Walter, he's looking svelte. Like, he, he looks like he dropped the weight of an entire other human being. And I don't know that he looks more menacing than he used to, but you know what? If he's healthier and he's happy, then that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I know people have been uh, talking about this online. There are people, when, when he lost the weight, there were photos of him in the gym that he would post on social media. And I remember reading in the comments, there were people that were like, oh, you know, he should put the weight back on. Like, you know how hard that is to drop weight the way that he has? And you want the guy to just put it back on? Why? To make you feel better? Fuck you. He doesn't care about you. If the guy's healthier and he's moving around better and he, you know, he thinks he looks better and he's happier, then fuck. I mean, who cares what you think? (laughs) It was just noticeable, though, seeing them, uh, how much smaller he really is. You know, next to Seamus, that wouldn't have been the case a couple of years ago. So then it was time for the two-year celebration. Two-year celebration. Roman Reigns, can you believe it? Two years ago. It was two years ago that Roman Reigns took the Universal Championship away from The Fiend. The already dying Fiend took the championship away from him, has not looked back since. Remember when Roman returned? He showed up, a, a new man. He had Paul Heyman with him. He had new teeth, right? <laughs> like everything. He just looked like a new man. He was remade, and he has not looked back since. He has absolutely destroyed everybody on the roster. Everybody on the roster has been destroyed. Everybody on the roster has been made to look uh, inferior to Roman Reigns. They have effectively run out of people. Now, we were going to get the match maybe with him and Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Randy got hurt, so we didn't get that match. Cody Rhodes eventually is going to come back. Look, there's still a story with Seth Rollins, right? The issue wasn't resolved at the Royal Rumble this year with him and Roman. There was no definitive winner there. So he does have some people who are still around that uh, could challenge him for the championship. But, I mean, the way he has just mowed through the the, the vast majority of challengers on both of these rosters, uh, it's certainly a debate that you could have. Has this long reign of Roman been... Or has it by now turned into more of a liability than a benefit? Because on the one hand, they built this guy up as such a dominant champion. More, more dominant than any champion we've seen in, in maybe decades. But at what cost? There's pros and cons. There's a reason why I look at it. I call it the reigns of terror. I didn't feel that way six months ago. But we've reached a point now where, especially now, he's working a lot less. He has become a part-timer in many ways. Uh, I'm not sure it's really doing them any good, frankly, the longer they keep this championship on him. But Sami Zayn and the Usos were out to the ring for the big celebration. 
There are pictures of Roman's successes all set up in the ring on easels in the background behind them. Sammy welcomes us to the celebration, and Jimmy tells Sammy to do his thing. See, the thing, the thing that's amusing about this, Jimmy Uso is so amused by a lot of what Sammy does, and Jay Uso is just like, he can't stand this guy. So Jimmy likes him. He keeps him around like he's like he's a clown. He's there for his entertainment. But Jay would love to just pummel this guy into the ground. So he tells Jimmy's like, go do your things. And Sammy starts to talk. He's immediately interrupted by Jay Uso. Jay Uso takes over. And he reminds us that for two years, Roman has dominated everyone. Whoever stepped up got sat down. They got punched or speared or guillotined or just flat out beaten. And each time he says these things, Sammy interjects with something. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, he, he's trying to be cool. He's trying to fit in. He keeps doing the yeet thing. He's like, yeet. And Jimmy's like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? So Jay says, everybody stand up. Put your finger high in the, high in the sky and welcome the head of the table. The tribal chief. The needle mover. God mode himself. The undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. We see a car arriving in the back. How nice of him to arrive right on time here, showing up to work here in the last five minutes of the show. And Roman, now this probably was weird, I would imagine. Roman was on the show last week, right? Okay, so yes. Yeah, because they beat down uh, Drew McIntyre. So how weird, now I assume that people in the building saw this in real time and they didn't just like, shift around the order of the segment so they knew he was there if you're in the building you've already seen roman reigns on the show an hour later or whatever however long later it was you see him arriving again to the building what did he, did he leave to go get dinner maybe he you know maybe he went to go get dinner maybe maybe there's a five guys down the road he wanted to go get a burger all the toppings had a nice dinner had a nice meal had some fries with it Came back to the building just in time. He steps out of the car, and he doesn't have his titles. And as he starts to walk towards the arena, out of nowhere, Drew McIntyre blindsides him with a Claymore kick and knocks him down. And he does not look very happy, because the last time we saw Drew McIntyre, he was left for dead at the end of SmackDown last week. So he's left Roman laying on the ground, and now Drew is walking into the arena. He's walking to the ring with vengeance on his mind after what happened to him last week. Comes into the arena, and Jimmy Jimmy and Jay put Sammy out in front. Sammy charges Drew first, but he gets a headbutt for his troubles. Down he goes. Drew gets in the ring. He fights both Usos, launches Jimmy out of the ring. He hits a dive out onto all three men, puts Sammy back in the ring, grabs some chairs, puts them in the ring, ends up hitting a Claymore into a chair into Sammy's face. He suplexes Jimmy through the announce table, like a normal suplex, and then he just kind of threw him and down through the announce table went Jimmy Uso. He gave Jay Uso a Roman Reigns-esque spear through the barricade by the timekeeper's area. Grabs a microphone, gets in the ring, and says to Roman that he will never, ever stop. He says, look at what I've done to the bloodline, God mode deactivated. And in Cardiff, it's just you and me, and I'm going to kick your head off your body. 
That's how they went off the air. So Drew McIntyre stands tall to end the final episode, which that usually is not a good sign if the babyface is standing tall on the go-home show. That's not a universal thing. That that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to lose. But typically, if you're the babyface, I don't know that you want to be standing tall at the end of the go-home show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He took out all the members of the bloodline, though, so I guess they maybe they won't be there. I mean, I, I'm not sure the Usos can fly to the UK. I'm not sure how that works because, we, you know, in Canada, they couldn't cross the border. There may be different rules for Canada than there would be for the UK. I'm not sure. Uh, but the way they did this, you know, again, we, we forget the fact that this was taped a week ago. As far as anybody knows, kayfabe, it happened tonight. Him attacking all these guys and leaving them laying like this would make you think that the bloodline is not going to be there tomorrow. They're not going to be there to save Roman. So Roman, the idea, I think, is that he's going into this by himself. He will not have his backup. He will not have his family. He will not have anybody there to save him if things go south. It's going to be one-on-one. doesn't mean it's going to end up that way. But I think that was the idea they were trying to portray coming out of this show tonight. So uh, Roman's going to have to go it alone. Or is he? I don't know. Remember. Sami Zayn got that message earlier with the Black Roses, TikTok. Karrion Cross is still around. There's actually a lot of names being bandied about. We'll we'll get into it here because we're gonna get we're gonna do predictions now. But I thought uh, pretty decent episode uh, of SmackDown. Not a great show, but I enjoyed the opener with the Vikings and the New Day. Pete Dunne and uh, Kaiser I thought had a good one. Cross looked dominant in his debut as he should have. Uh, and the Ronda segment went over well. You know, in front of the live audience anyway. Uh, the rest of this was pretty pretty pedestrian stuff, I would say. Uh, let's just check the Twitter poll here for the show tonight. About uh, 64% thumbs up, 23% thumbs in the middle, and 13% thumbs down. That sounds about right. Again, it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad show, but it just wasn't a uh, a great show either. It was just very very much in the middle. But the idea was to sell you on the main event. Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways, just like Dynamite this week. Yeah, you know, I look at this All Out card, and I don't have any doubt in my mind that All Out is going to end up being an excellent show. But the only match worth a damn on that show is CM Punk and John Moxley. That's really it's like it's basically like a one match show when you think about the promotion for that show especially being in Chicago. Everything here is being built around Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. And so they had another, you know, strong strong angle here to get Drew back up on his feet, and we'll see. 
We'll see. Anyway, you can vote on Twitter at uh, Solomonster is the uh, place to go for that. But tomorrow afternoon is indeed Clash at the Castle from Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. We have a 1 o'clock Eastern start time on Peacock, so we are a little over 12 hours away. There's going to be a fucking pay-per-view to watch. <laughs> and it, it is the first of three pay-per-views. Pay-per-views, PLEs, call them whatever you want. Three of them. WWE, NXT, AEW. Coming up this weekend. So it's going to be a busy weekend. But I will tell you that I am looking forward the most. If you were to ask me which of these shows I am looking forward to the most, honestly, it's this one. It really is. I'm looking forward to Clash at the Castle more than even All Out. Even though on paper, this is the weakest show of the three this weekend. There are some great fucking matches on that World's Collide card that NXT is doing on Sunday. And the AEW card on paper, there's a lot more matches. There's too many matches. They have 14 matches on that all-out card. They they do not need 14 matches, including pre-show. They do not need 14 matches. But uh, on paper, Clash of the Castle is the weakest of all three cards, and yet I find myself looking more forward to and being more excited for this than anything else this weekend. Uh, And I think part of it also is just knowing that they're going to be over there for a major stadium show, the first major stadium show in the UK in 30 years. You know it's going to be a hot crowd. You're going to have 65,000-plus people there. Uh, It's already the largest gate for any non-WrestleMania pro wrestling show in history for any promotion. And a lot of that has to do with the ticket prices. Now, some of you in the chat may well be attending the show tomorrow. Uh, Is it 15? I'm being told now it's 15 matches. Jesus Christ. 15 matches for All Out. I'm going to go live at like 1 o'clock in the morning on Monday morning. This is is not going to be good. (laughs) I'm not getting any sleep. Then I got to go live for Raw Monday night. I thought Labor Day was supposed to be a day off. I thought it was supposed to be a day of rest. Anyway, one of the reasons why this is going to be the biggest non-WrestleMania gate in history is because ticket prices were ridiculous. And and maybe they still are. I don't know what tickets are going for now. They have some tickets left. Uh, But I got a lot of complaints from people. Listeners of the show, when tickets first went on sale, like, this is absurd. You should see the prices they're charging. You know, I can't afford this. What are they thinking? Times are tough over here in, in Europe. You know, they're getting away with murder with these prices. So, yeah, no wonder they have one of the biggest gates of all time. They uh, took full advantage of that. So let's run through this card here because we have Edge teaming up with Rey Mysterio with Dominic in their corner to take on Finn Balor and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day, who will have Rhea Ripley in their corner. Uh, I think that, uh, who is this? Devin. Just subscribe to the channel. What's going on, Devin? Well, I see a lot of uh, Super Chats here. A lot of Super Chats from Bulu. We're going to be reading your Super Chats here in a little bit. So, again, if you have predictions for this pay-per-view, get them on in. I want to hear what you guys think is going to happen tomorrow or at All Out on Sunday. It doesn't have to be about Clash of the Castle. Uh, I think Dominic is going to cost Edge and Ray the match, either accidentally or on purpose. It doesn't have to be a full-blown turn where he joins the Judgment Day tomorrow. It could be one of these things where he inadvertently cost them the match. Was it on purpose? Was it not on purpose? Who knows? Uh, but 
you know, he doesn't need to join the uh, the judgment day. He'll he'll want to do something, I think, to impress Rhea. You saw what happened on Raw Monday night. He gave up the kendo stick, willingly gave up the kendo stick to Rhea. I think he's going to want to do something to impress her, or she's going to convince him to do something. I mean, she's got him wrapped around her finger. She has got this kid wrapped around her finger. It'll be a, a better match, though, with Dominic outside and uh, Edge and Ray teaming up. But Edge beat Priest in Toronto last week. So this this should not be anything other than the Judgment Day going over. We have Liv Morgan defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Shayna Baszler. Liv finds yet another way to win and hold on to the title by the skin of her teeth. I don't think this is the end of Liv Morgan as the champion, even though if it were me, I would have Shayna Baszler walk away as the SmackDown Women's Champion. I would build to something with Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. I don't think that's going to happen. Not what I want to see, but I think that uh, Liv is going to find a way to retain. This here now. This may be the singular match that I am most looking forward to out of all of the matches on all of the shows this weekend. And it is for the Intercontinental Championship. How nice does it feel to have an Intercontinental title match on pay-per-view? I need somebody to correct me if I'm wrong or, or confirm this, but I do believe, I do believe this is the first Intercontinental title match on a pay-per-view since WrestleMania 37 last year now you could say oh it's not a major show it's a uk show it's this is a major show they're putting almost seventy thousand people in a stadium and roman reigns could very well see his two-year run come to an end i'd call that a pretty major show and we have an intercontinental title match finally the intercontinental championship getting some respect it's nice to see it's refreshing to see And I can't think of a better match. I'd love to see this title defended in Godzilla and King Kong going one-on-one in the middle of the ring. I fucking love it. This is going to be great. This is going to be the most physical match of anything on the entire show, I'm sure. Sheamus is looking for his first Intercontinental title, the only title, I guess, outside the Universal, but who cares about that? The only title that he has never held. Of all the championships Sheamus has held, he's been WWE champion before. Tag team champion multiple times, King of the Ring winner, Royal Rumble winner, U.S. champion. He's done it all. First ballot Hall of Famer when he goes in. Never been the Intercontinental Champion. Sheamus is going to be the Intercontinental Champion, but it will not be tomorrow. (laughs) He will eventually hold that title. He might even beat Walter for it, but it's not happening at Clash at the Castle. I think Walter goes over, he retains, and uh, I I have very high expectations for this match. Just give them time to go out there and do their thing, and this is going to be fucking great. We've got Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss taking on Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Dakota and Io lost to Raquel and Aaliyah in the finals of the Women's Tag Team Title Tournament on Monday, even though Aaliyah pinned Dakota, who was not the legal person in the match. And uh, again, this was never mentioned on the show on Monday. Michael Cole didn't make mention of it when he talked about the match tonight on SmackDown either. Uh, But 
if they do bring it up on TV this weekend or or on Monday, it could be setting up for a rematch. They could come out and say, hey, we got screwed. The wrong person got pinned. We deserve a rematch. And then maybe Dakota and EO then, they, they win the women's tag team titles. But they lost on Monday. The point is, they should not be losing again here, and they're not going to lose. Bailey, Dakota, and EO are going to win, and I think it will be Bailey pinning Bianca Belair to set her up as the next contender for the Raw Women's Championship. We have Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle going one-on-one in what will be the most heated of all the matches on this card. The segment on Raw Monday night, they had that face-to-face via, via not via satellite, but they were in separate locations in the building with Roman with uh, Roman Reigns, with Matt Riddle, who isn't... Uh, Matt Riddle is back, everybody, for those who don't know. He is no longer just Riddle. He is now Matt Riddle. Austin Theory also might well be Austin Theory again. I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see if he's Austin Theory. Because he's talked about... He, he prefers to be Theory. He did an interview uh, last week, I think it was, and said, I like being Theory. It's a name I came up with. Austin is my real name. It just feels tacked on. If it's my choice, I'd rather not go back to it. So who knows? Maybe he won't go back to it. But the uh, the belief is that Matt Riddle is now Matt Riddle again. We know that, but also that Austin Theory is going to be Austin Theory. But anyway, they had that interview segment, and it was so great. You know, Triple H in that interview he did with Ariel Helwani, and I'll talk more about this on the podcast on Sunday. That'll be uh, episode 772. But in the interview he did with Ariel, which on the whole was very good, even though he said that one stupid thing about the whole NXT AEW thing, on the whole I thought it was a very good, uh, you know, very insightful interview. But he told uh, Ariel that the reason we're seeing Matt Riddle again, for example, he wanted it to be super real. And if you're trying to have a hyper-real segment like that, that makes people go, oh, shit, that sounded real. Like, that guy really hates the other one, right? There were so many people who were, who were talking like that after Raw on Monday. Like, they, they accomplished what they set out to do. But it's just goofy if the guy is just Riddle. You know, there are some people, you might cut their first name off or last name or whatever. Just give them one name. And it works. Or it's like, all right, that's not so bad. I always thought the riddle thing was so dumb. Like, riddle. Even theory. Riddle. Theory. These are fucking dumb names. The guy's name is Matt Riddle. It sounds better if you just call him Matt Riddle. Other guys, it might sound better if you use a nickname and don't use their real name. You know? Smash of Demolition sounded a lot cooler than Barry Darso. So it really depends on the person and their name. So he did it that way because he wanted it to come off as real. If you're going to make it real, you should use the guy's real name. That makes sense. So now we know why he he got his name back. But it was so good. And, I mean, I never had any doubt that these guys were going to go out there and have a really good match, right? It was supposed to happen at SummerSlam. They pulled it. They did the injury angle with Riddle so they could do this match in Cardiff instead. And it looks like it's it's paying dividends now because everybody is talking about how amped up they are for this match after that promo exchange on Raw Monday night. You saw how serious Riddle was in that segment. We didn't get goofy stoner Matt Riddle. We got Matt Riddle, the fighter, who wants to go in there and tear the tear this guy's, you know, arms and legs off and you know, beat the hell out of him. 
So this is another match. All of a sudden, I, I was like, all right, that's going to be a good match. But now it's like, wow, all right, this, this takes it up to that next level. I'm looking forward to seeing these two get in the ring together. I was looking forward to it at SummerSlam. So we just they, they made us wait an extra five weeks, but here we are. I actually think they should add a stipulation to this match. Uh, I think it would be appropriate given how personal an issue it's become. I think they should add a no DQ stip to this match. Uh, they probably won't because it's so late in the game at this point. But uh, I hope we get to see a more the more serious side of Riddle. I- I'm not saying that he shouldn't be doing any comedy. I mean, that really is what got him over. And there is an audience who likes that kind of thing. And, you know, when Randy Orton comes back, if they do reunite RK Bro, you know, he'll be doing that anyway. But I definitely would like to see this side of him more often. I think there's room for him to be serious when it comes game time and he's going in there for a big pay-per-view match like this. You know, I think people they they hear him and they see him on TV acting all goofy and they don't take him seriously, but this guy can fucking go. Before he signed with WWE and he was in Evolve and doing all these independents beyond wrestling and everything else, I said, man, this guy's fucking great. He's a great wrestler. And then they kind of went overboard with all the, 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 the goofy stuff and the fucking unicorns flying out of his fucking feet and all that dumb shit. Hopefully Triple H gets rid of that too. But it's nice every now and then to see a more serious side of this guy and have him remind people like, dude, I'm going to fucking kill you. You know, like, I'm not somebody to play games with here. I can hurt you. I used to do that for a living. I used to beat the hell out of people in the octagon. I can hurt you. And he's going to put a beat down on Seth Rollins. I'm picking Riddle to go over here in this match. And in the main event, it's a short card. There's really not that many matches on the show tomorrow. In the main event... Drew McIntyre challenges Roman Reigns, 733 days and counting as the universal, undisputed WWE heavyweight champion of the world, or of the universe. I don't even know what the fuck to call this anymore. What a dumb name for a belt. The universal title. Is he the champion of the world, or is he the champion of the universe? I don't even know. Roman Reigns has not had his shoulders pinned to the mat. Since December 15th, 2019, do you know who the last person was to pin Roman Reigns in the middle of the ring? I'll let I'll give you guys a few seconds to get. Let's see who gets it first in the chat. Of all people, the last person to hand Roman Reigns a pinfall loss in WWE was Baron Corbin. The fucking guy who can't win a match to save his life. Baron Corbin was the last person to pin Roman Reigns in a singles match. one Or I think any match, but in a singles match. One-on-one. And that was almost three years ago. That's how long it's been. It was the TLC pay-per-view. That's insane. And if it were anybody else, if it was Hogan, if it was Triple H... You would have people... Oh, look, it's Brian Pacer. Always love those dancing Sala Monster Super Chats. The Shanky Shuffle. 40 bucks from Brian Pacero. What's going on, Brian? Thank you, sir. But I was saying, if it was Hogan, if it was Triple H, if it was Shawn Michaels back in the day, I won't lay down for anybody. Man, people would be 
so furious. This guy hasn't done a pinfall job in almost three years. Where's all where, Where's all that hate for Roman? Those guys were burying people, right? Oh, those guys were burying people. What about Roman Reigns? It's just, it's just interesting to hear the, you know, the different arguments for different people and who's burying who and all that kind of stuff. Again, I, I do think damage has been done to the roster. On the other hand, though, Roman is the biggest star in the entire company. And the reason that he became the biggest star in the entire company is because of this run that he's found himself on. He comes out there, he talks about God mode, and it really feels like he is. This is how Brock Lesnar felt once upon a time, where he got so dominant, you couldn't honestly believe that anybody could beat this guy. It actually became a detriment, as I feel it has become with Roman in many ways. With Brock, he beat people who, frankly, he shouldn't have beaten. When Braun Strowman was at his hottest, he got cut down by 1F5. He was never the same after that. Samoa Joe, I still maintain, you should have given Samoa Joe the title when he wrestled Brock at, at Great Balls of Fire. There were certain people who, you know, I mean, if, if they weren't going to win, you probably shouldn't have done that match, but he just, like a hot knife through butter, just ran through the fucking roster, and it just got to the point where you couldn't honestly believe anybody could kill this guy. You still can't believe that anybody could kill this guy. Look at what it took to beat Brock at SummerSlam this year. Look at what they did to him. Belt shots to the face, chairs to the face, ring steps. They buried him under all that all that plunder. And he couldn't answer to the count of 10. That's the only way you're going to beat somebody like that. And it's hard for people to believe that this is going to be the end of the, of the reign. That this is going to be the end of the reigns of terror tomorrow. There's no way that Roman Reigns is going to go to Cardiff and that he's going to lose his championships. It's too soon. It's too soon, they say. I look at it a different way. For Drew McIntyre, this is his WrestleMania moment. This is the WrestleMania moment that he was deprived of two years ago. He won the Royal Rumble match. He was super over. When he clotheslined Brock Lesnar out of the ring in the middle of that match, and they panned out that big stadium, that big baseball stadium they were in. The place was going nuts. He was over. He was poised for that big moment in the WrestleMania main event against Brock. And then COVID hit. And Drew McIntyre won his first WWE title in an empty warehouse in front of no people. In like four minutes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then Big Show came out after. To add insult to injury, I had to wrestle Big Show. Not the WrestleMania moment that he was hoping for. Now, I know he's from, he's not from Wales. I know he's from Scotland, so it's not like he's in his hometown. But still, they're in the UK. There's going to be a lot of fans there rooting for Drew McIntyre. This here, in front of 70,000 people, 
this is the moment that he didn't get to have in 2020. That's how I look at it. I'm not saying he's owed that, you know, that he, you know, he, he, like he no one's owed anything, but him winning here would be that moment that he did not have uh, before. And the way they've been promoting his story here with the vignettes and, you know, his rise as the chosen one to getting fired and then, you know, the redemption story and making the big comeback and, you know, he's probably going to come out to his old music. I'd be shocked if he didn't come out to Broken Dreams. He's been teasing it so much. I think Triple H will make it happen. So all of these things... And then you consider another wild card here. Tyson Fury. And they showed his video on SmackDown tonight. He put it on social media a few days ago. Tyson Fury, who announced his retirement from boxing only a few weeks ago. Big WWE fan, wrestled Braun Strowman once. Remember that shitty match they had at one of the Saudi Arabia shows? Is going to be at Clash at the Castle. He's their invited guest. And he's going to be ringside for the entire show including the main event. Now, Drew McIntyre and Tyson Fury have uh, had the little back-and-forth war of words for probably a few years now. One of the ideas that I pitched, I'm always pitching ideas here on these shows, and if you remember, one of the ideas that I pitched on the podcast uh, a while back, when I thought there was a good chance that Tyson Fury would have some kind of a role on this show, and And he ended up not. I mean, he'll be there, but there was no announced role for him on the show. I thought maybe there would be. The idea that I pitched is that he could be a ringside enforcer for the main event, because I didn't have any interest in seeing him wrestle. He wasn't very good the first time. I don't really get his appeal. I know how great of a boxer he is, but I'm not a big boxing guy. I personally don't really give a shit. Uh, I know he's a big wrestling fan, and so, you know, he's definitely... Someone who I can see why they would want to work with him. He's a major He's a major star, especially in that part of the world. But I have no interest in seeing him in the ring. And once it became clear that Drew was going to be the one challenging for the title and was not going to wrestle him, I said, well, then how do you work him into the show? Well, why not have him as the ringside enforcer? Because then you've got this built-in story of what's he going to do? For years, he and Drew have been talking smack to each other, and they've been talking about how they want to wrestle. They want to get in the ring, and they want to have a match. They were teasing even just a few months ago that it might happen at Clash at the Castle. People thought that they were setting up for a Drew McIntyre-Tyson Fury match. So having him at ringside, at least, would would, build some, uh, some intrigue, but also he could be the guy who holds back the bloodline. So if the other members of the bloodline were there, he could fight off the Usos, and of course, Sami Zayn. I mean, you can you can work an easy spot with with Sami, where he you know punches Sami in the face, and Sami takes this huge bump. Remember the bump that Jeff Jarrett took for Chuck Norris at Survivor Series that year? He tried to interfere. Chuck Norris gave him like a karate kick, and Jarrett took this fucking ass over tea kettle bump in the aisleway. You could work a spot like that. Drew wins the championship fair and square. You have this moment at the end of the show where Fury is in the ring. Maybe he actually hands him the titles. He endorses him. He raises his hand. It's this big fairy tale ending moment. And you could use, you know, Tyson Fury in that way. That was that was basically the the idea that I uh, had come up with. But again, I'm not even sure the Usos are going to be able to get into the UK. I'm not sure what their uh, status is going to be for this show. 
So Tyson Fury is one wild card in this match. He is hardly the only wild card. Sami Zayn, the Usos, Paul Heyman. Maybe Paul Heyman reappears. They're all potential wild cards in this match. Tyson Fury, Killer Cross, Karrion Cross. He sent that message to Sammy tonight, TikTok. He's got no match on this show. He'll be lurking around. He might be making the trip over to Cardiff, but maybe he's already there. I don't know. Maybe he's not going to be there. Can't discount the possibility that Karrion Cross, who has stated beef with both of these men since he came back to the company, could interject himself in this match. It's not something I want to see. I really don't want him to get involved in this match. But it's a possibility that he could very well uh, play a role here in this match. Fury, though, being at ringside, I find it hard to believe he's not going to get involved in some way. And all that does is reinforce my belief that Drew is walking out with at least one, if not both, of those titles tomorrow. Let's not forget Austin Theory. He still has the Money in the Bank briefcase. He's still lurking around with that Money in the Bank briefcase. WWE very likely going to want to split those titles again sometime before Survivor Series. If they're going to do Raw versus SmackDown again, you need a a WWE champion. You need a Universal champion so you can put them one-on-one. In order to do that, you need to split the titles. Well, it's already September. Survivor Series is not that far away. So they're probably going to want to split the titles again soon. He could cash in. It could turn into a triple threat. We could end up with a triple threat with McIntyre and Theory and Roman Reigns and come to find out that, you know, again, it's only for the WWE Championship since Theory is a member of the Raw roster. and You know, you could take that approach. And I, I hate that, though, because it just doesn't make sense. For the reasons I mentioned earlier, I know people keep mentioning this. Oh, well, they could have him cash in. It could be for one of the titles. It's just, it's so stupid, though, because it doesn't make sense. I know they can try to make sense out of it and explain it after the fact, but it just, it just doesn't make sense. We have never seen Roman defend the title separately. They are very clear that it is a universal championship match, WWE universal title. It is the undisputed championship. It's not a three falls match where one fall is for one title and one fall is for another. Like It's nothing like that. Nor has it ever been mentioned that the Money in the Bank briefcase is for one specific title. Now, the way out of it could be that that's the point. There's no specified title but the Money in the Bank contract is for a championship match, implication being for one title. Maybe they take that approach. Again, I'm not really a big fan of that. But if they want to split the titles, they're going to have to come up with some way to do it, other than uh, Drew winning and then just handing it over, or Roman retaining and saying, you know what, I don't want this anymore. That's the last thing you want to do. Talk about marginalizing your title. You know what? I think I'll keep the blue one because I've had it longer here. You could take the black one. I don't want the black one. I'll keep the blue one. <laughs> like, they'll have to come up with some way to do it at some point. Uh, but, the, I mean, the, the list of potential names that could interfere in this match, it's like the fucking list of a thousand four holds on Nitro that Chris Jericho read from all those years ago. All the names that I just listed. Again, all the names I just mentioned, that's not even all of them. 
Sami Zayn, The Usos, Paul Heyman, Tyson Fury, Austin Theory, Karrion Cross. I left out one other name that some people are talking about. I left off one name that I know one person in particular in the chat has been talking about all night. A former WWE champion. A former Universal champion. Bray Wyatt. One of the names that has been rumored, potentially, to be coming back to WWE. Triple H was asked about Bray Wyatt in that interview with Ariel Helwani and was very coy and had some interesting things to say about Bray being an overly creative person who sometimes could kind of get in his own way in his in his mind. But, you know, overall he was complimentary of him. He didn't spill the beans about anything. You know, Ariel also asked him about Sasha Banks and Braun Strowman, and you didn't really get any answers out of out of Triple H, but a lot of talk about Bray Wyatt. Could he show up in Cardiff? Could he cost Roman Reigns the championship? Because it was two years ago when Roman won that title, he won it off of The Fiend. And so this could be The Fiend's revenge, coming back two years later to screw over Roman Reigns, the way that Roman Reigns screwed him over. Could happen. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. And I honestly don't think that you need to overcomplicate things. This does not need to turn into a Jeff Jarrett TNA pay-per-view main event from the mid-2000s. An overbooked fucking mess. This does not have to be an overbooked fucking mess. I think in this case, you could keep things simple. If Drew McIntyre loses this match tomorrow... It will be like Lex Luger in 1993 all over again. Not exactly the same, but very similar. It will be like Luger in 93 all over again. The big buildup to this and being where he is and making the kind of promises that he's made as the babyface. When you make promises on TV, you need to deliver. Everything about the way that they have promoted this match and built him up in this way as the biggest threat to the reign of Roman Reigns. And for him to go in there in the UK this big stadium show in front of all these people and lose just like everybody else. He'll lose like John Cena and all of the other people who have lost to Roman Reigns. He'll just be another name on the list. He'll be another statistic. It'll be like death for Drew McIntyre. If that happens, he goes in there and loses. That's what it's going to be like. You know, there are moments in time where if you're going to pull the trigger on something, you don't hesitate. If you hesitate, you die. You just do it. You go for it. And if their goal is to get the title or or both titles onto Drew McIntyre at some point, what better place to do it than Cardiff tomorrow? I think Drew McIntyre beats Roman Reigns and becomes the new champion. I think the two-year run for Roman Reigns is in the greatest jeopardy that it has ever been in. I will stop short of saying that the two-year run comes to an end just in case they do some kind of swerve where Drew wins the WWE title and not the Universal title. But you know what? Fuck it. I think Drew is going to end the reign. I think he's going to become champion tomorrow. Fuck it. 
I'll go out on a limb. I think he does it. If Drew gets lugered tomorrow, his goose is cooked. I think he walks out as champion. And that's your Clash at the Castle card. For tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern start on, uh, on the cock. On the peacock. I'm very much looking forward to this show. In a perfect world, Cody Rhodes would be the one to take the championship from Roman Reigns, specifically the WWE title, but uh, I don't know that they want to wait that long. There actually is another story for Cody that works. If Roman drops the championship before, like tomorrow, let's say. Oh, well, it ruins the Cody Rhodes story. Actually, it doesn't. Because if Drew McIntyre becomes champion tomorrow, No one is saying that Drew McIntyre is still going to be the champion come WrestleMania next year. And I'm not even saying that he should lose it right back to Roman Reigns. I don't see the point. If you're going to do that, you may as well keep the belts on Roman. Cody had an issue with Seth Rollins when he left. In fact, on TV, it was Seth Rollins who put him out of action on Raw the last time we saw Cody after he tore his boobie and he won the Hell in a Cell match. So he's still got beef with Seth Rollins. If Drew McIntyre wins the championship tomorrow, he could drop that title to Rollins. We'll see if they have a draft, how the draft shakes out and everything. But he could very well drop the title to Rollins. Maybe Seth Rollins goes into WrestleMania next year. If The Rock and the the Roman. If The Roman and The Rock are going to go off and do their own thing, they don't need titles for that. That's one big match they could headline the second night of WrestleMania if they're lucky enough to get The Rock to do anything. But you got Seth Rollins as champion when Cody comes back. You could have him challenge Rollins to win the championship. And that makes sense, too. So it's not the end of the world if they take the titles off Roman now and don't wait for someone like Cody to come back. Because he's got a ready-made story with Rollins, right? If Rollins isn't the champion, you do it at the Royal Rumble. Cody comes back in the Rumble. Rollins is in the Rumble. He eliminates Rollins to win the Rumble and then goes on to challenge for the title. But you could also put the title on Seth and have Cody take it from him. And and that's a great story, too. The way things ended the last time we saw them. So there's always always a a good story to be found. I have faith and hope that uh, Triple H will tell that story. Take a look at this poll. This is the SmackDown-only poll tonight. 64% 64% thumbs up, 22% thumbs in the middle, and 13% thumbs down as uh, Armed Anderson points a gun in my face. Look at this guy. Look at the hair on him. All right. Super chat time. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. We got a lot of them here. I want to see uh, your super chats and your predictions. For this pay-per-view, big show tomorrow. Hey, we're only 40 likes off from 600. You guys, uh, you're you're creeping up there. By the time I'm done with these Super Chats, we may be able to reach our goal. I don't know. It's going to be close. It's going to be a photo finish. 600 likes on this video to do Be the Booker at the end. Let's take a look at your Super Chats here. I will scroll all the way back. Back in time. What a, what a first super chat that we have here from Deuce Nuditate with the two bucks who wants to know why is Ricochet bald? 
I don't know. You should ask Ricochet. I guess the ladies uh, like the bald look. Ask Samantha Irving. She likes Ricochet bald. Uh, Vontel, wild prediction, Solo Sokoa debuts and costs Drew McIntyre. There, There's another name that I forgot to mention. Solo Sokoa is being fast-tracked to the main roster any week now. His call-up is imminent. He is going to be destined for the SmackDown brand. That is what we know from PWInsider.com. We know who's on SmackDown. Wouldn't that be something? Drew McIntyre took out the entire bloodline on SmackDown. Drew thinks that he has taken care of the bloodline and he is going to get Roman one-on-one only to be foiled by the third Uso. They're, they're growing. Actually, you know what? I could see that. I could see I could see that story. I could see he thinks he took the bloodline out on SmackDown and here's another fucking Uso who shows up and costs him the championship. Shinakuma, thank you, Shin, for the $5 Super Chat. Mr. All Day J. Or Mr. AJ All Day. Mr. AJ All Day. It would be nice for them to take the belts off Roman, but WWE has not done a great job of building credible talent to do, except for Cody, but I am excited to see how and if they are actually going to do it. Aussie of Steel, I'm hoping Drew finally dethrones Roman tomorrow, but if he doesn't, where in God's name does Drew go from here? I mean, I your guess is as good as mine. I, well, you know what? Karrion Cross, I guess. He'll feud with Karrion Cross, but it, you know where he goes after that, I, I, have, I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, Rizzo with the 20 bucks. Thank you, Rizzo. LOL at Triple H, changing his NXT as our third brand narrative. What he should have said is he wanted to take a shot at AEW. Uh, is they beat our third... Oh, if you wanted to take a shot at them, is say that they beat our third brand. Also, Wrestling Observer reported one AEW star asked for his release, but was denied. Yes, I, I, am, uh, I am well aware of it. And yes, the belief is that it was Malachi Black. That is not confirmed, but the belief is that it was Malachi Black... And uh, we will definitely be uh, talking more about that on the podcast on Sunday. I've got I've got thoughts on that. It says uh, also could get used to the 1 p.m. Eastern PLE start ends at four, and your review ends around 6:30. And I got my whole night ahead of me. I'd like to say that I have my whole night ahead of me after that too, but I'm going to just be working nonstop on my <laughs> on prepping for the podcast on Sunday. So I really. There really is no downtime for me this weekend. Uh, Josiah Obal. $2 super chat. If Drew doesn't win tomorrow, what's next for Roman? What's next for Roman Reigns if uh, if not Drew McIntyre? I don't know. If Riddle beats Rollins, I guess you could always go back to Riddle. But Roman already beat him. Beat him on TV. Now you're just repeating challengers. Ah, boy, you know, I, geez, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Rizzo, also Bliss fan, I like you, but as a fellow Bray Wyatt fan, I am blaming you if he doesn't show up tomorrow. Well, there you go, Bliss fan. You have been put on notice. You have been going on for so long about Bray coming tomorrow that if he doesn't, you've got to wear a dunce cap on your head. 
That's it. That's the rules. You got to wear the dunce cap with the little helicopter spinny thing on top. The propeller. Uh, Rodimus Prime with the $10 super chat. Out of all three shows, which match do you think will be the sleeper match of the weekend? I am very bullish on Walter and Sheamus, as I said earlier. That is the match I am looking forward to the most this week. King Bling Blah, ununified the titles. The same was as 2002, new design. Well, supposedly there are new some uh, there are some new belt designs on the way. So we shall see if the uh, WWE or the Universal title gets uh, a facelift. Dev to Dust. $5 Super Chat. Buy or sell NXT Sami Zayn or NXT Johnny Gargano? Undertaker's WWF title run 97 or WWE title run 2002? Heel HBK 92 to 94 or Heel HBK 97 to 98? Boy, that's a very convoluted uh, Super Chat there. But I am going to... um, I'm not sure I understand it. So are we are we grouping them together? So we're grouping the Sammy one as one Undertaker. I mean, in that case, I would go uh, HBK. I'd buy on HBK, and I would uh, I would sell on the rest. Or actually, I'd buy on HBK. I'd rent on Sammy, and I'd sell on the uh, the Undertaker. Uh, Doctor Dakota Scorpio gonna bet Liv beat Shayna clean. Watch her. You could be right. Bulu Fatulu, who is back. We are so happy to hear from Bulu. And Bulu, again, my condolences to you on your loss. This is the uh, super chat here that I read earlier. I know he lost both of his parents now, his mother, back in July. And uh, I know that's a terrible feeling to uh, to go through. But we're here for you. We're happy that you are a part of our community. And again, my condolences to you. And thank you. Thank you for the bomb. Drop the bomb in my lap. Rizzo, my sympathies to Bulu, but glad that he is okay now. We need the good Professor back because I'm worried about Gotti. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Professor John Gotti. I, I have no I I said I think he got whacked. I think he I think he pissed off the wrong people. I think he might have missed a, a payment that was owed. And uh, I've heard rumors, I I can't say for sure, I don't know this for sure, but uh, I've heard rumors that he is uh, potentially buried under the the, uh, cement, somewhere in Queens. I heard they buried him uh, next to Arthur Ashe Stadium. I don't know how true that is, but uh, I hope it's not true. I hope the the professor is okay. Uh, French Fry Slut. Boy, talk about people we haven't heard from in a while. French Fry Slut. Thank you for the two bucks. Drew Johnson, Bulu is back. Oh, hell yeah. He says, uh, Bulu is my boy. You are the goat. See, I told Bulu, we got got a lot of fans here in this uh, community. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Uh, the Data and Boys podcast. What's the biggest storyline or booking decision that Tony Khan can do it all out to somewhat sway the momentum back in their favor? It would have to be something involving MJF. The return of MJF. MJF is what was getting them the most buzz a few months ago, and then he vanished. Uh, him coming back should be a very big deal. Whether he attacks Punk at the end of the show, or he's in the casino ladder match, whatever form that takes, it will involve MJF. That will get people talking the most. Bulu dropped another $100. Did I miss that one earlier? I think I did. Bulu dropped another $100 Super Chat. Bulu, you are putting a huge smile on my face tonight, heading into a very hectic weekend. Thank you, Bulu. Thank you, Solomonster and chat for those kind words. All I can say is appreciate your parents or family, no matter how difficult they may be, because like a Thanos snap of a finger, they could be gone just like that. But I have been going to the gym and it's been keeping me up. You keep doing your thing, Bulu. Thank you, brother. Bulu again here. I am the Eddie Munson of this chat. I took after my little sheep. I look after my little sheep. Good old Eddie Munson. Boy, Bulu's getting back in a big way. How many Super Chats in a row is this? Wow. Uh, Bulu says, Solomonster went to Vegas for the first time last month, and it was great. I won the jackpot. Next time I will drop a $500 bomb. Oh my goodness. I'm going to I'm going to be looking for that. I don't I, see I don't know if he's joking now. He might be joking. I'm trying to think what is the biggest super chat that's ever been dropped? I mean, we've had people drop like individually. They've added up to a lot, but like the biggest singular super chat that I have ever had dropped on me in one of these streams. I want to say it was 300 might have been 400 but I, I want to say it was three it actually might have been uh, professor Gotti. i think i i could swear there was a 300 at some point that almost knocked me out of my chair i think i'd fall out of the chair if a 500 one popped up on my screen <laughs> i think the stream would just like it would terminate i'd hit a button or something and we'd go off the air uh we've got bulu again top gun maverick best movie of the year and batman the most disappointing movie according to bulu I have not seen Top Gun Maverick because I felt like it's been so long since I've seen Top Gun. I have to go back and watch that first before I see Top Gun Maverick. And uh, I still have not seen The Batman. It's a very long movie. Did I get 500? I think I did give. Okay, you're right. KD says I got 500 from Gotti once. Yeah. Well, maybe he should have taken that 500 and given it to his, uh, his bookie. Maybe that's why we haven't heard from him since then. I think you're right. I think Gotti. I think Gotti dropped a uh, $500 bomb once. King Bling Blah. Should Triple H be creative of Raw and give creative to someone else to make Raw and SmackDown more competitive? Who would be a good fit for the head of creative for SmackDown? Well, I could think of a name who currently uh, is on SmackDown on most weeks. I can think of a certain someone who used to be the head writer for SmackDown many years ago and did a pretty good job of it at the time. The former executive director of Raw, Paul Heyman. 
you've got him right there. I think he could be a major asset for Triple H to lean on. I just don't know that Triple H is going to want to cede power. He, he's the head of creative for Raw and SmackDown. I don't know why he would want to give that up. But I think bringing Heyman in to assist on the creative end would be a, a fine idea. I think that would be a great fucking idea. Buffman says the highest super chat one can give is 500. Is that the limit? Okay, that might be a, a YouTube limit. I mean, that's not usually something we need to worry about, but that's good to know. Uh, Bulu Fatulu, $10 super chat. I finally went to Disneyland and got my picture with Donald Duck. It was freaking awesome. And I haven't been to, to Disney. Well, you went to Disneyland. I see. I never went to Disneyland. I was at Disney World about uh, 25 years ago. In fact, I was at Disney World when I found out that Brian Pillman passed away. That's how I remember that. Dr. Dakota Scorpio, the act of God will help Roman. Just like he helped Roman with the demon fish. That's right. That's right. It was the act of God that knocked Finn Balor, the demon Balor, off the top rope. Flat on his fucking demon face. Roman doesn't need the bloodline. He's got he's got the uh, the great beyond that can help him. Uh, Bulu, I am a fan for life. Uh, you come off as sincere and genuine. That goes a long way. Please don't ever change, brother. I will try not to. All I can do is come on here. I do me. What you see is what you get. I try to do my best. Boots, we did not get the summer of punk, but will we get the fall of punk? Uh, yes, we will get the fall of punk. It's September. We're only a few weeks away from the fall of punk. Uh, Bulu, just started watching The Boys, and it's a good show. That Homelander dude is the worst, but he is a very good villain. Yeah, The Boys is on my watch list. I, I heard good things about that. It's an interesting premise for a TV show. And keep de- keep or delete Homelander or the Governor as the most sadistic and hated villain. I will see. I'm not familiar with the Homelander, but I love the Governor on The Walking Dead. So I will I will buy on the Governor. Uh, Rob G. Undertaker versus Triple H at WrestleMania 17 beats 27 and 28. Do you agree? N- not in terms of it being uh, like a big epic match. I can understand why people would say the end of an era match is is it just it's the bigger match, but the better match. I think you're right. I think you may be right. I really enjoyed that WrestleMania 17 match. I thought the and the fucking finish I thought was fantastic. So I'm going to agree with Rob G. Uh, Marquand 1976. I have a pinched nerve in my shoulder, but when you landed on Lana on Be the Booker, I laughed so hard even though it hurt. <laughs> we were doing so well, and then I landed on Lana, and it was like, fuck, it's all downhill from here. Someone wanted to know what the goal was with Be the Booker. The goal was 600 likes. So uh, where are we at? Are we close? Uh, Brian Becerra with the $40 Super Chat. Looking forward for Clash at the Castle. You and me both. Tyrone Dunstan. Buy, sell, or rent. Seinfeld, Hall & Oates, Bret Hart. Why are you doing this? 
It's like if I had triplets and you're asking me to choose uh, who, who my favorite of all my children. But if I must, uh, if I must, I'm going to buy on uh, Brett. I'm going to rent Hall and & Oates and I'm going to sell Seinfeld. Why are you going to sell on me? Uh, Bulu, Girls on Film, best Duran Duran song. Nope, A View to a Kill. A View to a Kill is the best Duran Duran song. KD with the $50 Super Chat. KD, look at this guy. Trying to compete with Bulu. You always deserve it for what you do. You really are a master of your craft. If I didn't believe that, I would not be a member, but I just wanted to hear a shout-out to Serena Williams, one of the greatest champions who lost her last match tonight. See, I wasn't sure if she won or not. So she lost. Well, shout-out to Serena Williams, because there aren't very many in the world like her. She is uh, one of the all-time elite athletes. And uh, I was not at Arthur Ashe Stadium, but I can tell you I, I have some friends who were. And they said the atmosphere there, like the other night, was incredible. And the stadium was packed. And everybody was just they wanted to be part of, of that moment if they thought that it was going to be her, her last game. And uh, I guess tonight it was. Brock Benningfield. I'm thinking of changing my name to... Prawn Michaels and Marty Spaghetti to go with the food-themed names. What do you think? I like Brock Benningfield. You sound like a wrestler. I would keep Brock Benningfield. I think that's a cool name. Hyru. I know Tegan Knox recently said that she's having visa issues, but I wish that she was on the card. I can only imagine the pop that she would get since she is from Wales. Well, if she's having visa issues, I would suggest that she uh, changes to American Express. Uh, Bulu Fatulu, the Mob Museum in Vegas is awesome. Learn some things and check it out one day. I have been in Al Capone's uh, jail cell. In Philadelphia. You should look it up. It's not really a, a museum per se, but it kind of is. I forgot exactly what the name of it is. When I was in Philly for Money in the Bank, though, many years ago... That was probably nine years ago now. Uh, I, yeah, we went to uh, this like ghost jail or whatever. It's like an abandoned jail, and and they had uh, Al Capone's cell was in there. It's pretty interesting. Uh, Uffman Entertainment doesn't make sense has been WWE's motto for years. They should have that in the signature at the beginning of the show. Doesn't instead of like then now and forever. Doesn't make sense. Hopefully with Triple H now, that'll begin to change. Uh, Rizzo with the $10 Super Chat. I think Cody getting hurt ruined their plans because that was a very simple way to get one of the titles off of Roman. Because as you said, Cody's story is only the WWE title. And then have Drew fight for the Universal title. Yeah, I mean, again, injuries suck. And uh, maybe that would have been the plan. Although, I don't know. I, I I think Cody winning the title of WrestleMania is a bigger moment. Adam Turner. I have a theory. 
Seth Rollins mentions Roman often, but always gets interrupted. I think Seth beats Roman and Cody returns and beats Seth. It's just what I was talking about before. I think you may be onto something. Definitely a possibility. Uh, Joshua Edwards, Rollins has to win tomorrow. Too many losses. Yeah, but how many times has Riddle been stomped? I mean, the guy's got to have fucking brain damage by now. You know how many stomps he's taken in the last few months? He's got to win. He's got to win just as bad as Rollins does. I'm sorry. He wrestled Roman and he lost. I mean, Riddle's suffered some losses too. I think he's got to take this match. Unless they're going to run it back and do a second match and then Riddle's going to win. It's always possible, but I I think Riddle has to win. Uh, Joshua Edwards. uh, I just read that one. Aussie of Steel. Uh, Best version of Seth. Shield, Authority, Kingslayer, Messiah, or Drip God? Definitely not the Drip God. Uh, Shield. I thought he was the coolest when he was in the Shield. Javier Martinez, Liv is losing. She's going to film a movie. Really? What movie is she filming? I'm not aware of this. Is she filming a movie? I have no idea what kind of movie is it. Uh, Joseph Brooks, what peak years in popularity would you have liked to have seen Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan in their dream match? I know it would have made millions. Hogan in 86. Austin in... See, Austin... I mean, if you if you want the better match, you really should go Austin 96. But in terms of peak popularity, I think you go Hogan 86 and Austin... 98. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio, if I can stay up for 27 hours without sleep, most likely I can sit through a 5-hour, 15-match all-out show. Also, I still bet 50 that Bray does not show up. I'm going to hold you to that. Remember, this is a one-sided bet. You're making the bet, not me. So, But uh, I'm going to hold you to that. Liquid Sharingan says, two boobies. Two boobies indeed. We will storm the castle tomorrow in Cardiff for boobies. John Falchetta, if Drew is not winning, they may as well have him win by countout and do a confetti celebration. He will be, lo- yeah, have everybody, all the baby faces come out and put them on their shoulders and everything. Why not? He'll pretty much be done for at that point anyway. French fry slut, I'm going to see Kid Bandit tomorrow. Super excited. I'm very cool. Very cool. Temjin Zephyr to Bulu. Never let defeat have the final say. Touche. Sean D says, howdy, howdy, Sean D. What's going on, Sean D? Thank you for the two bucks. Samoan fan, quote, Say what if you sleep with your sister? Still the greatest comeback to the what chant of all time. Bernard Frederick. From one Bret Hart fan to another, what Bret Hart match was your favorite? Oh my god. Says, I'm liking Bret versus Stone Cold at WrestleMania. I mean, that's, again, it's like asking me to uh, pick my favorite child here. I mean, favorite Bret Hart match. I'm very partial to that King of the Ring match with 
Mr. Perfect, but... You know, I mean, there's the cage match with Owen. There's there's the submission match of WrestleMania 13. That's one of the best of all time. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to narrow it down to just one. It probably would be one of those three. Oh, my God. Honestly, I think I would go with... Uh, you know what? I might go with WrestleMania 13. It's just, it's such a fucking great match with that double turn and everything. Even the post-match with Shamrock. You know, when he... Wastelock takes down uh, Bret Hart. The place is going... Like, everything about that was just... It was so well done. But you can't go wrong with any of those. Like I said, the cage match, the King of the Ring match. I, I probably would go with WrestleMania 13. Uh, Rizzo says, That Visa joke made me spit out my water. Well, hopefully you didn't spit it on your uh, computer or anything. Angry Magma. Al Capone's cell is supposedly haunted. Well, that, yeah. So, again, that was the kind of the story of of the entire prison, I think, is that it was supposedly haunted. I remember Steve Buscemi did the, um, like, you put these headphones on, and he's the one kind of guiding you through the jail. I didn't really listen to Buscemi, but, yeah, the whole the whole premise of it is that it's haunted. I, I wish I could remember the name of it. But uh, it was definitely in Philly or or in that area. It was definitely uh, it was definitely in there somewhere. Armchair critic, bigger star at their peak, Austin or Hogan? Austin. Tripod. I hope Hulk Hogan makes an appearance at Clash at the Castle. And costs Roman Reigns the match against Chu McIntyre. Oh my god. Oh my god. Tripod. I, I don't even know what to say to that. GCC305 with the $10 super chat. Hey, Solomon, for having a craptacular night at work due to foolishness that's affecting my mental health, but I gotta work. However, your review is helping me tremendously, so thank you so much for this. Well, GCC, I hope your night gets better. And whoever is uh, causing you to have a craptacular night at work, tell them that I told them to fuck off. Thank you, GCC. Darth Panic, $10 Super Chat. What are your thoughts on Riddle's latest drama with his ex-girlfriend? Is this a case of an angry ex looking for payback, or is there truth to what she's saying? I, I I try not to follow that stuff. I don't know. There's messages going around. That's that's between the two of them. I mean, I, I have enough news I'm following this week where I've, I've tried not to pay too much attention to that. But uh, I don't think it's going to have any effect on him at all. Drew McIncock... With the dollar ninety nine. Oh my God! Food nickname for you, Solo Monster. Now, why would you name cheese after? Are you trying to kill me? Cheese of all things, Solo Monster. Hey TLA in the chat, it's going good. How you doing? How you doing? Oofman Entertainment. 
Liv is filming a movie called The Kill Room, currently filming now. Well, is it filming now, or, or is she going to first be filming for it? I mean, that it's possible she's filming now and it's not affecting her schedule. That would be important to know. I'll have to find out when we're done here. Drew McIncock. What a, what a fucking name. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio, guess you could say I'm going all out on my bets. I'll show myself out. Please do. The door is right over there. Don't come back. That's terrible. Spicy Dried Chicken, I predict Warner Brothers Discovery will cancel AEW Rampage. I predict that you are wrong. Shinakuma, thank you for the five. Samoan fan, remember when Hogan said, I'm the right gay guy? Yes, he said, I'm the right gay guy at the right time, and he tried again, and he fucked it up again. And I, I miss those Hogan bloopers from the uh, 2002 return. It, nothing is better than him trying to uh, start the Undertaker's motorcycle, though, and and then the uh, the engine craps out on him, and he has to just run after him, or Undertaker dragging Hogan along the backstage area from the back of his motorcycle into a bunch of boxes that then collapse on top of him. There was a lot of really, actually, there were a lot of really uh, great moments from that Hogan run. Oh my god, look at this. JM getting in on the Super Chat party here tonight with the $50 Super Chat bomb. Look at this guy. I thought one of the smarter things that Tony... Wait a minute. It says two for two. Did he drop two $50 Super Chat? I think he did. JM, did you do what I think you did? I sound like a parent now talking to his child that just crapped his pants. Did you do what I think you did? Uh, JM just dropped a pair of $50 Super Chats. That is a $100 bomb. He just pulled a Bulu on me. We get Vince McMahon on our screen not once, but twice. The second one came in, though, I think, on my screen over here. The second one came in before the first one. Um... I'm going to get to JM in a second, JM. Don't go away. Uh, Armchair Critic. Armchair Critic said, uh, do you think Okada is a better in-ring than HBK? You know, it's just, it's two different styles. Okada, is he doesn't have the high-flying style that Michaels had, but he's had so many, like, he tells great stories in his matches. Like, I, I just, I know some people aren't into that style, but Okada is just fantastic. It's just hard because it's two totally different styles to say who's better in ring. I don't know. I mean, Okada, I would probably go, man, it's it's tough. I might, be, I might lean Okada because, look, I mean, look at the body of work he's put together. And he's still early 30s. I mean, he's still not done yet. Think of all the great matches that he's still going to have. But then again, Sean had the first half of his career and then he came back and he had that great second half so what a match that would have been with both guys in their prime Okada and Shawn Michaels one on one um yeah you know I I might have to go Okada on that but it's a tough one it's a tough one alright JM his first super chat 
thought one of the smarter things Tony Khan did when starting AEW was granting the wrestling media direct access and interviews as it brought AEW latitude and coverage and publicity. Now I think one of the smarter things Tony Khan can do is to stop doing interviews with the wrestling media as he lacks the tact to answer certain questions without deflecting negative attention to his talent or backstage drama overshadowing the TV. He's definitely raised some uh, eyebrows with some of the answers. I know he he ruffled some feathers with that answer about Punk and Thunder Rosa. And honestly, I mean, he wasn't wrong in what he said, but he he definitely, um, I think, in certain situations, and the big swole thing on Twitter is a great example of that. There, there's just certain situations where he puts his foot in his mouth. And it's one of these like unforced error situations where he shoots himself in the foot and it doesn't have to be that way. I don't think he should stop doing them. I, I, I like the fact that he does them. Triple H used to do something similar uh, before the NXT events. Frankly, I'd like to see Triple H uh, start to incorporate them with the main roster stuff as well. So I don't want to see him stop. I just think he, he just needs to be more careful with some of the answers and the way he words certain things because I, I, I know that some of the comments he made are going to... Uh, upset people who work for him and and you don't want to create an environment where all of a sudden people are like well wait what did he say is that how he really feels and all of a sudden you're you're just creating uh, tension where tension doesn't need to exist so i just think he needs to be a little more mindful of how he phrases certain things but I, i don't want to see him stop doing them i like the fact that he does that even though i mean i i listen to some of these questions and i feel like Half the time, my God, these questions are so fucking bad. It's like, it's just, you know, it's just not a real, it's not a real media scrum. I know they try to pretend that it is, but it's not. I'm just, I actually have to give a shout out to Nick Hausman of of, uh, WrestleZone because I feel like more often than not, he's the one asking legitimate questions when I, when I tune into these media scrums. He's asked some of the tough questions before where other people will just go, Oh, Tony, this was a great show tonight. This was great. This was great. This was great. It's like, all right, well, is there something that wasn't great that you want to ask about? Or is there an unrelated topic? Maybe you want to ask a question about. And I think, uh, you know, Hausman has done a good job with that before because most of the time it's just like a, you know, it's just like a blow me session. Basically like put the towels down on the ground, get down on your knees. I mean, that's kind of what it comes off as. Uh, Epsilon Sama, what do you think of Brett versus One Two Three Kid on Raw? Excellent match. One of the better matches in Raw history. He made him ask Waltman. Waltman will say the same thing. He he made him look like a million bucks that night. Armchair critic, do Undertaker's later years take away from his legacy? Yeah, a, a little bit. I, th- I think it hurt a little bit, but his legacy is, 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 I mean, his legacy speaks for itself. I mean, he's still, you know, he's still a legend. His body of work, all, all the uh, other stuff overshadows that bad stuff from later on. Uh, does it take away a little bit? Yes, it does. I feel like it does. Sometimes people hang on for a little too long and it's sad to watch. And, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to see those guys like, like that. Um, tripod. What about Hogan spotting the wall from five miles away from the rooftop of a hotel and saying, "That's the wall, brother. Hey, wall." 
that is one of the great comedic moments of Nitro history. I lo- I haven't seen it in so long, but I, I love the fact that Hogan's in the ring. They're outside, right? This building had to be so fucking far away. And the wall is on top of the building. He looks like a fucking ant. And somehow, Hogan, he doesn't wear glasses. He didn't have contact lenses in. Hogan is able to look up and he can tell who that person is. I don't know how many yards away that building was. He's like, that's the wall, brother. And if I remember, I think, I think Wall was supposed to put up the choke slam uh, sign, but like he almost missed his cue or something. So like, really quick, he went like, like, like he put the hand up like, like real quick. Like everything about that was just a complete fail. But it was funny. So at least it was entertaining. You can't say that it wasn't entertaining. Uh, JM, you said Super Chat Party. Now I have the Young Bucks theme in my head. Super Chat Party. Thank you, JM. And, uh, oh, we, we have we have reached the end here, finally. Spicy Dried Chicken. Push Ricky Starks and this man more titles. Ricky Starks is a uh, star in the making for them. All he's got to do is get, get the... Uh, oh, there I am. I blacked out there for a second. Uh, all he's got to do is just take the ball and let him run with it. I think Ricky Starks has all the tools to be a big star for Tony Khan. He can talk. He can work. He's got charisma. You know, he's not the biggest guy, but, you know, he's he's fine. He can more than make up for it. Charisma can take you a long way. Mike skills and charisma can take you a long way. Fade to black. Uh, Leonard McCormick. Put the towel on the floor and get on your knees. I'm telling you, that's what some of those media scrums uh, feels like. You're going to get rug burned. All right, well, I believe that we have uh, surpassed the goal for tonight. Yes, we have. Look at this. You guys came through, man. 650-plus likes here on the live stream. You know what that means. It's Friday night. You know what that means. Time to be the booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. It is time to be the booker. You guys demanded it. I am but a humble servant. Shall give you what you ask for. We will begin here with the men. We're going to book ourselves a singles match with the men. I'll tell you what. I think tonight... Oh, oh look, it's uh, Tony Contana. There he is. Tony Contana. Hey, uh, Tripod says, got to get back to work. Have a good night, Solo. Tripod, thank you. Thank you for all the love. I appreciate it. Let's book these matches, and uh, all of the matches that I booked tonight are ladder matches. So let's see who ends up in these ladder matches. We begin with... Oh, my God. (laughs) It is Wolverine, everybody. Look at that punch, man. He de- he decked Ziggler. Look at the sell from Dolph Ziggler. 
Look at the way he sold that shot. I, I'm stalling here because I forgot Hugh Jackman. There we go. <laughs> I was trying to give myself time to remember his name. Let me put over Dolph Ziggler as I try to remember this man's name. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. It's a good name. His last name is not Jazz. All right, let's see. who Hugh Jackman. Uh, this guy's jacked, man. Hugh Jackman in a ladder match. Let's see who he's going to be stepping into the ring with. Hugh Jackman and Kota Ibushi in a ladder match. Holy shit. That sounds like a hell of a match. It's the match I never knew I wanted to see. Hugh Jackman and Kota Ibushi in a ladder match. That's the most random match I think I've ever booked here in this segment. Now we gotta get we gotta get Ibushi back, man. He he's gotta he's gotta just he's gotta heal up soon. Get the surgery. I don't know, man. Do whatever you need to do. We gotta get Ibushi back in the ring. Mr. Iran Sir Biology 3. Just subscribe. Mr. Iran Sir Biology 3. Just subscribe to the channel. What a name. Welcome. Hugh Jackman and Kota Ibushi in a ladder match. That's pretty nuts. On the women's side, oh, it's Beth Phoenix. Look how angry she looks. You think we're going to get the match with her and Rhea Ripley? What do you think? Are we going to get Rhea Ripley and Beth Phoenix soon? On WWE television? Well, she is a WWE Hall of Famer, so that's not a bad way to start these things. Beth Phoenix in a ladder match, one-on-one with the ninth wonder of the world, China. The Glamazon and the uh, the Amazon, I guess. China and Beth Phoenix in a ladder match. Hey, you know, some people would consider that to be a, a dream women's match. Beth Phoenix in China? I'll give that the bell. I'm trying to book attractions here and be the booker. I'm like a promoter. It needs to be an attraction that's going to make me money. I think that's an attraction. Now we book our uh, tag team ladder match. We begin with Hunter and McCall. I was wondering when this would pop up. One of my favorite television shows of all time, for those who don't know, is an NBC cop drama called Hunter. Debuted on the air in 1984. It, it ran a whole number of seasons, too. It ran from uh, 1984 to 1991, I believe. And I love it. I used to watch it as a kid. I still watch it. It pops up on Pluto TV on one of the channels on Pluto. So I love it. Hunter and McCall are uh, one of the greatest TV cop combos of all time. Hunter and McCall can take on any challenge. It'll be Hunter and McCall taking on... <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this. Oh, my God. It's 80s night here on the stream. Oh, oh my God. Scared the fuck out of me. What is going on here tonight? Oh, my God. 
What is going on here tonight? This is insanity. This is insanity. JM just dropped a $200 super chat in the middle of this epic battle between Hall and Oates and Hunter and McCall. Oh, by the way, I didn't ring the bell. That's the greatest match I've ever booked. I was distracted by JM's $200 super chat. Buzzer. Who said buzzer? KD? What are you, out of your fucking mind? Buzzer? You get a buzz Hall and Oates? And Hunter and McCall? Clearly, you are not a child of the 80s. We just went three for three. JM. You know what? I, I think this is I think this is worthy of uh, of the confetti. I was going to wait until uh, either my birthday stream or the anniversary stream, but let's let's bring it down now. I mean, my God, and 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 just everybody tonight. You guys have come out in full force, but my God, I mean, Bulu and and everybody, but JM. Oh my God, two hundred dollars super chat. I think JM was just like, you know what? I want to make sure Solomonster's not falling asleep here as he gets later. I'm going to I'm going to wake him up. Wow. Hey. You believe this? You believe you believe what's going on here? Can you believe this? Talking to the uh to the woman I have chained to the wall here. JM, thank you. I don't know what I don't know what to say. Thank you. You are, uh, you are amazing. See, we got, so we have a whole bunch of other super chats here. I want to make sure I don't miss anybody. I'm stunned by what just happened. I went from booking Hunter and McCall and Hall and Oates, and I was in shock about that. And then boom, all of a sudden I'm being growled at by Beth Phoenix. I'm like, what is going on here? (laughs) Uh, we've got, uh, We've got Dr. Dakota Scorpio. Who would you uh, have win the trios title? I say either House of Black or Death Triangle, but I forget that Pac has the traveling title. Um, If it were up to me, um, I would have booked House of Black to win the entire thing, but they got bounced in the opening round. But yes, if it were me, it would have been House of Black winning the titles. Uh, Bernard Frederick with the $5 Super Chat. Remember back when WWE played Be the Booker with the WWE Universe about 10 years ago or so? They called it blank. I don't remember that, no. I have no I have no recollection of that. Why are there non-wrestlers on Be the Booker? Because I said so, that's why. Because it makes it interesting. You never know who's going to come up. The whole point is I'm trying to book interesting matches that you wouldn't think of. I mean, if I book Randy Orton against, uh, you know, fucking uh, Bull Buchanan, who gives a shit? Spices things up a little bit. Plus, I actually think, you know, Fred Dreyer played in the NFL back in his heyday. I think he he would be able to uh, hold things down well in the ring. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see, who else here? We've got 
Ezekiel Alvis with the dollar ninety nine. Thoughts on the world's collide card? Uh, it's a strong card. A lot of uh, potential show stealers on there. I'll be watching. I, I won't be reviewing because there's going to be no time. I, I got to watch all out. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Ricochet and Carmelo Hayes. And Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate, I think, is also going to be great. Tyler Bate, Tyler Bate is, is uh, I don't talk about him a lot, but Tyler Bate is one of the best in the world. Tyler Bate is, is amazing. So you put him in there with Braun Breaker. You got Carmelo and Ricochet. You've got... Uh, what was the uh, the tag uh, tag title match? Well, you also got Mako. I guess they got Mako Satamora, and we've got Mandy Rose defending her title, and Blair Davenport. Blair Davenport. And there's a lot of a lot of uh, potential show stealers on that show tomorrow. It's too much wrestling, though. It's it's too much. We got three hours of the NXT show. And then we're going to have at least five hours of the AEW show. It's exactly what I used to complain about with WrestleMania when it was seven, seven and a half hours. It's too much. It's too much. But I'm still looking forward to it. Should be a fun day. Uh, Rizzo, sweet Jesus, I was just letting my dog out. So I switched to my phone and that growl scared the crap out of me. (laughs) You see, JM, you see what you did. You scared everybody. Uh, Dr. Deco, this is Boombox Brock. We always got to bounce for Boombox Brock. Uh, TLA, as soon as possible. I, I've got I've got the posts I all queued up. I just have to uh, find the time to actually work on it and record it, but there will be another RSPW Rewind soon. And when it does go up, channel members get it first. So if you are a member of the Sound Off channel, uh, one of the paying members on either tier, doesn't matter which one, uh, you'll get access to it first, probably at least the first 48 to 72 hours. Yeah, you guys will get it first. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio. We need a super chat of Solomonster getting scared of his own super chat. It happens more than you would think. Unless we already have one, my bad. Now, we don't have one yet, but it, it happens more than you would think. Spicy Dry Chicken, epic tag team match on Be the Booker tonight. Epic. Epic. It's the greatest tag team match I've ever booked. Joshua Edwards, Tyler Bate is severely underrated. He's great. That match he had with uh, Walter, which I think was in Cardiff, actually, uh, ironically enough, is one of the greatest matches in... uh, yeah, I was going to say NXT history, but honestly, it's it's in the conversation as far as one of the best matches in WWE history. I'm not saying it is the best. I'm not saying I'd put it at number one. But when you have a conversation about some of the greatest matches in the history of that company, that match should be on the list. The only thing that would have made that match better is to have Bate go over in the end. And you have the underdog pulling out the win. You know, he lost, but I mean, just... A great match. What what more can I say? And and you see the same thing with Walter and Ilya Dragunov. I mean, NXT UK gave us some incredible matches. And I'm glad that those key players have been ported over to the US. Obviously, Walter's on the main roster now, but you know, Bate now is in NXT and 
Uh, they moved over some of the other people from that brand. You know, him and Pete Dunn and Walter. I mean, those were those were some of the key guys, man. I know Dragunov is hurt, but I would hope that when he's all healed up, he'll be on NXT as well. Uh, we've got uh, the Dada and Boys podcast. Best character in the Breaking Bad Better Call Saul universe. I have to go with Hector Salamanca or Gus. Well, I mean, I, I got to show love to Mike. I mean, Mike, Mike, Mike is great. Mike is just a great character. Lalo is a great character from Better Call Saul. I mean, think about it. A whole character was created on a throwaway line on an episode of Breaking Bad. Early in the series, when uh, they ask Saul, who's Lalo? And he's like, oh, oh, uh, don't worry about it. And so they do this prequel series, and an entire character is created out of it. And it's one of the best characters in the entire series. Vince Gilligan is a genius. Uh, Jeremiah, do I have any Labor Day plans? Uh, I'm sure I'll be working on something. Yeah, people keep asking about RSPW Rewind and there's other members-only stuff. I mean, there's, you know, there's there's a lot of, um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of, I'll have a lot of audio work to do too because I'll, I'll be pushing the audio for the, um, the All Out show out to the feed, so there's that. Prepping for the Monday Night Raw stream that night, so yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be working. Uh, Robert says, "Did I see Halloween 60? After after you mentioned it the other night, I did. I watched it. Uh, it was funny. I thought I thought it was an actual, um, I thought it was an actual like fan movie. I didn't realize it was a three minute YouTube uh, parody, but uh, I enjoyed it." Uh, JM doing some more damage here tonight. Uh, is John Moxley next to the woman tied to your wall? If so, can you ask him what he thinks about Kevin Dunn still producing WWE television? Uh, I mean, I, I could ask him. I mean, he doesn't really like it when I interrupt him. No, see, she's over there. She's on the wall. She's over there. She's sleeping. I don't want to, I don't want to wake her up. Moxley's over here. I told you, he, he's off in the corner, he's bleed, he's got a puddle of blood on the floor, but, um, I mean, I could ask him, I mean, Mox, what do you think about Kevin Dunn still working in WWE? Fuck Kevin Dunn. All right. See, I mean, it's, he's predictable. I knew he was going to say that. His answer never changes. But I hope that answers your question. All right, we are all caught up on your Super Chat. You guys... Blew it up tonight. Like you blew it up. And there were some good questions in there too. I'm all pumped and ready for Cardiff in uh, just over 12 hours from now. One o'clock start time. I guess I'll be eating lunch while we uh, watch Clash at the Castle. No, Cassio Black. $10 super chat. Unpopular opinion. Lalo was not a good character. Some of the things he got away with, I thought I was watching a Halloween movie. No, I mean he did I don't think he he wasn't doing anything supernatural. I just think that, you know, 
a guy who walks around like that with a big smile on his face, when you know what he's uh, capable of, there's something very unnerving about a character like that. And I thought that, uh, you know, Tony Dalton, he played it just perfectly. Always a sense of dread in the scenes that he was in. Even when he had a big smile on his face. Uh, Thomas with the two bucks. Enjoy this wrestling weekend we have. Thank you, Solomon. I will enjoy it. I hope you do as well. And spicy dry chicken, the good son scenario. Save one and let the other go. Jamie Hayter or Britt Baker? I'm going to uh, save Jamie Hayter. Hector Hector Salamanca. His his expressions were funny. Well, I mean, you know, he had a stroke, so he could only... All he could do is basically uh, ring a bell with his finger and and make uh, weird faces because he couldn't speak. He always looked very angry. He was a very angry man. I guess. Well, I guess you would be too if you were in the same uh, situation that he was in. Uh, Rizzo, I need to know if your brother can hear you. Like when you said you have a woman tied up and Moxley is bleeding in your room, is he just shaking his head? Probably. Probably. He's probably in the other room going, what the fuck is he? He's talking to himself again. There he goes, talking to himself again. He's used to it by now. We pay no attention to him. Am I still a fan? Am I still a sucker for Katrina? Katrina is uh, Katrina is great. Yeah, of course. I miss seeing Katrina on TV. I, well, I miss Lucha Underground. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there. All right, this is good, good shit, guys. I've had fun hanging out with you tonight. It's getting late, so I want to let you guys go. Uh, but we, uh, we killed it tonight with the SmackDown review. Again, as far as Rampage going forward, you know, I know tonight was a live episode. Tony Khan uh, talked about the fact that he is going to be... Um, really trying to build Rampage back up and putting bigger names on there now that they're getting people back from injuries and stuff. They have a lot of live Rampages scheduled in October. I don't know about this month, but in October, I know they do. So we'll just play it by ear each week. And depending on what the lineup is and depending on if the show is live, we may cover Rampage. But I don't know. I think going forward, SmackDown, it might it might just be the way to go to, to do SmackDown and... Uh, We'll play it by ear with Rampage. I put it to a vote in the chat the other night on the Dynamite stream, and the majority of you said that just go SmackDown only. That was the sense I was getting from people, that even even some of the AEW fans were like, if you do SmackDown only, that's okay. So we'll see. I mean, he's got he's to gotta do something, though. He's got to make that show more more meaningful. Otherwise, I mean, what's what's the point? When I, when I can go live an hour earlier... You know, and, and, and talk about SmackDown instead of going live later and talking about a show where it's just a bunch of squash matches. I mean, <laughs> it seems like a pretty simple solution to me. Who is this? Is this Joseph? Joseph. Joseph dropped a uh, four ninety nine. From 2000 to now, what peak physical years would you have uh, liked to have seen Sting and The Undertaker in their dream match? 
Undertaker didn't really hit his physical prime until like 2006. So I would probably say 2006 or 2007 Undertaker. And for Sting, man, you know, I I I loved Surfer Sting back in the early 90s, but I would say um but that's not the dream match people want. People want Crow Sting and the Undertaker. So I would say yeah, like 2006 Undertaker and probably <clears throat> probably like 1999 Sting. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go like 99 Sting. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio, here's half of it now. Not expecting Bray to show up, but expecting an overbooked interference in Drew and Roman. Still think that Liv beat Shayna clean. Good night, everybody, and glad to see Bulu again. Yes, we are all happy to see Bulu back. EJ Slemp was at Rampage tonight, and after the show, Starks and Jericho had a quick confrontation. Uh, would like to see them feud next as long as Starks goes over. Yes, I think Chris Jericho and Ricky Starks would actually be a fine feud. And I think Jericho would uh, would put him over at the end. It'd be a, <clears throat> be a big name for Starks to work with. Yeah, get him in, get him in there with somebody like Jericho. Former world champion. It's a big name for him to to beat. Drew Johnson, stop being an HBK hater. Okada over HBK. Get real. See, I, I knew that would bother him. I I knew that would uh I knew that would bother Drew. I said HBK, prime HBK, one one of the best. It's just that Okada's body of work is also very strong. And he's, and he's not even done yet. It's not a knock on Sean. Well, Bliss fan, I hope I see you in the chat tomorrow. And I hope that if Bray does not show up in the main event, that your head does not explode. So uh, I hope to see many of you tomorrow. Be well. Stay safe. Thank you for all of the super chats. All of the. I hope you didn't super chat yourself out. You know, we got two more streams this weekend. <laughs> I hope you didn't blow your load too early here because we got a lot more wrestling coming up this weekend. Uh, I'm out of here. Hit that like button on the way out. And uh, thank you for all the love. Bulu and everybody else. JM, my God. Everybody. Luis, look at this. Luis in the chat. Oh, my goodness. All right. I love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow for Clash at the Castle. See you then.